Welcome to the Shoreham Sunday Talks podcast. This podcast brings you recordings from Emmanuel at the Shoreham Centre. For the main Emmanuel podcast feed, which has all our preaching series, do check out the Emmanuel Sunday Talks podcast. For more information about the church, site, or how to visit us, go to weareemmanuel.com slash Shoreham. To be with each other, to be worshipping, to be chatting, to enjoy coffee um, together, to take communion together, uh, to pray together. It's great to be back here. Um, who had a great Christmas? Okay, who tried Christmas cake and cheese? And who, oh, there's a few. Good. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Some people listen to me when I preach, um, so that's good. Uh, if you want to be one of those listening few as well, then go home and try Christmas cake and cheese. You can still buy it, probably. So what are we talking? Probably by February, you'll be able to buy Christmas stuff again. Um, seems to come earlier and earlier every year, um, but there we go. Hey, we are in our act series, The World Turned Upside Down. I'll give you a little uh, explanation of that shortly, but I don't know about you this morning, um, I don't normally start like this, but it feels like there's a theme uh, running through the morning. Oh, I feel like God, God is speaking to me this morning for us uh, with the theme of broken chains. I think there's, there's stuff, there's chains in this room this morning that God wants to break. I feel it really strongly, as you can tell. But I believe it, and I believe God is, we're going to have an opportunity to do that at the end. I know that sometimes we... Jump straight into it. I don't know about you. There's some people here that like to process and think. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning just to think. Are there chains in your life? We sung two songs that had it. John prayed it at the end. And I can't ignore it. can't ignore what God is doing this morning. And so if there are chains in your life that you feel bound by, I'm believing God's going to set you free of it this morning. So begin to pray. Begin to think about it. I'm going to try and get my voice back. And we're going to try and get through this preach together. But um, you with me? Yeah. Great. I'm going to need your help this morning. Um, I think there's probably something for me as well. It's probably why I'm doing it. There's probably things big and small that hold on to us, right? We come out of Christmas. We come into a new year. Blimey. You can stop the recording. No one's going to listen to this later, are they? Um, but <clears throat> uh, there's stuff that grabs hold of us over Christmas. You get a break. You get some brain space. You get some downtime. And that's where you realize that God is just pinpointing some stuff in your life. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. I can see some people nodding. And I want, it, I want that to, I want people to leave here broken free this morning. So we're going to have an opportunity to do that at the end. I'm going to distract myself and we're going to get into the series. Actually, I'm going to pray. Just why don't you pray with me? Father, I thank you. <clears throat> I thank you that you love us. I thank you you have lavish gifts for us. I thank you that your desire is for us to be free, that your desire is for us to be not restricted and held back by chains, but to be free sons and daughters of a living God. And I'll just pray this morning as we look at this part of Scripture, um, as we come back to praying for this, at the end, I pray just, Holy Spirit, begin to prompt hearts on the chains that are holding on. Even now, just I begin, would you begin to just release some of the pain and the tension of those, that those chains are holding? I pray that people's hearts would be ready 
my heart would be ready. That those chains can feel comforting sometimes. It's, it's, it, I, it's an excuse to hold me back off stuff. I pray this morning, God, would you blow that wide open? That we would be a people on fire for you, achieving great things for you, seeing great movements of the Holy Spirit in this town, in our lives, in our workplaces. And so I pray, start that this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay. I could go home now. <laughs> Over the next 10 weeks, we are going to look at Acts 1 to 4, chapters 1 to 4, 10 weeks together, working through that time. And it's an incredible part of the Bible. If you've read it, if you know it, it's not just part of history. Um, Okay, it's not just part of history, but it's part of our history. As a church, as a people of God, this is part of our history. It's an important moment. It's the start of the church. It's the start of God's people meeting together in a different way. It shows the wide impact that the church has and had and continues to have. And the reason we've called it, and the reason stuff's upside down, Acts 17, the apostles, they're accused and... There's a line thrown at them. These men who have turned the world upside down. Hence the series. Because we know it's not these men that turned the world upside down. God was and still is turning people's lives upside down. Think, if you're a Christian, think about that moment you first came to faith. Your whole world turns upside down. Everything that felt important to you changes. Everything that God has for you changes. Everything that you prioritize changes. And these men that they're talking about weren't high, powerful status, high status. Some of them were educated. Some of them definitely weren't. They weren't impressive people, but they were people God called to himself and used to turn the world upside down. And so as we get into Acts, that's what we're looking at. What, what is it about what God did that is true for us today? It's not just a historical moment. It's something that is true for us today. And so if you've read Acts before, if you know it, if you know the history of it, you'll know it's written by Luke. Um, It's kind of part two of Luke. You've got Luke's gospel and you've got Acts. And Luke is kind of continuing on from where he leaves off. It's kind of a part two section. I know it's in two different books, but it is that. And they kind of go hand in hand. So it's helpful for you, maybe even just to read through some of Luke across this next 10 weeks, because he refers back a few times to some of the accounts of Jesus' life. And it finishes in Luke with the ascension of Jesus, and Acts essentially picks up from that point. Um, We're going to skip these verses today, that little chunk in the middle that Neville's going to pick up next week um, that that, that looks at that. But we're going to just take the first part and a little bit afterwards and look at that together. Because when when you read it, and Luke, when he's reading through, as as he's writing, and he's finished his gospel account... He's like, I've got to keep writing. He sees a need to keep writing, continue writing about what? The works of Jesus. There's more and more and more to come. And it wasn't to discount or reduce the importance of what Jesus had done. Okay, the saving work of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, that's that's done, that's completed, and he's not discounting it. You know, in Hebrews 10, 12, it says this, when Christ had offered for all time, a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus himself, and Tao has just alluded to it as well, said, it is 
finished. It's finished. His work to save us, to defeat the curse of death, to restore us, to redeem us is finished. But praise God, he wasn't finished with us. Praise God, that wasn't the end of it for us. He was far from finished with us. He was far from finished with what he has for us, bringing about the kingdom in all its glory and its majesty. He was far from finished. In his goodness and his mercy and his kindness, he has plans for us. He has purposes for us. And so Acts isn't a new story. It's not a sequel. It's actually just the next chapter of the story, the next act, see what I did there, that God is writing for us, okay? That's what we're looking at. Part one, Luke's gospel, all that Jesus began to do and teach. Part two, Acts, all that Jesus continues to do and teach. So it's the beginning of it and the continuation of it. That's what we're looking at as we're looking through Acts. And actually, there'd be two separate scrolls when they were written, but they'd often be taken around together. That's how important they were together. Um, It's actually written for someone called Theophilus, um, and it's written to him to help him with his faith, to help him with his understanding of Jesus. And praise God, it does that for us too. It helps us with our faith. It helps us with our understanding of Jesus. It's not just a book that was written for someone else. It's a book that's written for us that is living and active and makes a difference in our lives today. That's why we're we're looking at it. That's why we're spending time in it. And we see that in verse 14, which I'll look at shortly, that they're in an upper room in the private place praying together. And when the Holy Spirit comes, chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, this, this wind that comes through, what they do, they go out in the public domain. They start telling people about Jesus. And that's when the, we see the birth of the church happening. These people would have followed Jesus around. The people that were praying would have followed Jesus around, see him performing miracles, see him doing good works, see him doing amazing things. And then they're going out and praying in the name of Jesus and seeing the same things happen. Can you imagine, like, you follow Jesus around, seeing him do amazing things, and then when they speak in the name of Jesus, people are healed. Acts 5, which we won't get to, says this. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. All of them. Every single one of them healed. So they were speaking in the name of Jesus and seeing miracles happen. And Acts, doing this series, is going to open your eyes. Maybe you've never read it before. Maybe you have, but you've never properly studied it. It's going to open our eyes to the supernatural power of God. It's going to give us opportunities to pray like this. It's going to inspire you to pray like this. It's going to do a work in your heart that means when you pray for someone, you're not just praying for them. You're like, I'm praying for you because the power of Jesus is in me and I'm going to see things happen. We're going to see it. We're going to see changes and I mentioned this in our prayer meeting before, um, what Acts finish up, finishes, 28 chapters, but actually it's continuing on today. What we see started there continues on today. The same power, the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus that we read about and see about is in us, is with us. And we're going to have plenty of time to explore that together, to pray, to receive from him this month, this 10 weeks, we're going to have loads of time to do it. But I'm excited to see what the change is going to be when we spend time studying, understanding, but more important, receiving from the Holy Spirit. So why don't we have our reading for this morning and then I will take us through. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach 
until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. There's actually quite a lot in those verses we could pick up from. I'd love to spend like two or three weeks unpacking some of the, just some of the terminology, some of the important moments in those relationships. But we haven't got that. Um, we've only got another 45 minutes. Um, oh, good, you're up for it. Great. Uh, I'm going to make a few points this morning. Um, and I'm going to, some of them I might skip over because I want to leave some space for us to pray together at the end. Um, but I want to start 2024 by saying this. It's all about Jesus. That's what that, like, hear that and nothing else this morning. It's all about Jesus. And that's how Luke actually starts. It would be easy for us if you've got your Bibles or your phones and you go right to Acts 1, right at the top, it says Acts in big letters, but it also says the, uh, the Acts of the Apostles. And you'd be excused if you believe that this was a book all about some people that did some stuff. All about some people. All about these various, these men, these women that were following Jesus, you'd be, you'd, be, you'd be understandable if you believed that. But Luke, right from the offset, is like, no, no, no. This is about Jesus. This is all about Jesus. It's always about him. First one, right at the start, talking about his previous writings. I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. He's like, by the way, if you haven't read all about Jesus, what he's done and what he taught, you need to go and read that first because you need to understand this. This is part two of that. So if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't spent time looking for it, maybe you've gone for it a hundred times, just a little bit, read some stories of Jesus in Luke. It will help you as we walk through this series. Because when you, when you follow through the story of Jesus and Jesus' ascension into heaven, it means that he isn't with those apostles anymore. He isn't physically with the people that he's been with. He's ascended into heaven. But what it does mean is because they know him and understand him and they, they know his teachings and they've been with him, they've seen him at work, that they know that the continuation of that work is going to be in them through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The one who faced and defeated sin and death for you lives in you. And that's, how, that's their confidence. Romans 8.11, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. dwells in you not not because I'm up here not any dwells in you the power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you 
So when we speak in the name of of Jesus, that's the power we're speaking in. That's why this is exciting. We have that same power within us. He took very average people who made mistakes. Anyone ever made a mistake? Only a few of us. It's good. Anyone ever had an argument with someone? Yeah. Anyone ever done anything wrong? No, I didn't think so. He did amazing things through these people. Do you know what gives me hope when I look at this? Because if you look at the people that he gathers in that room, and we'll look at it in a minute, they're people who rejected Jesus publicly. Yeah, he called them to be part of what he was doing. It's quite a big deal. If someone rejected you publicly, would you want them around you? Would you, would you want to be around them? Would you want them close to you? Would you want them to be your closest allies, your closest friends? I don't think you would. Yet Jesus sees something and says, I can, I can do amazing things with you. So whatever your story is this morning, Jesus says, I can do amazing things with you. And he's calling you on that adventure. And we can expect great and glorious things to happen. When we gather like this, when we speak the name of Jesus, when we serve each other, when we bless each other, when we share stories, when we pray. And prayer is a key part of this, these scriptures we've looked at this morning. Prayer is a huge part of this. It says this in verse 4, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, these are the people we were talking about, but to wait for the promise of the Father. It's about 120 people or so that followed Jesus, that spent time with him, physically followed him around. And he says to them, wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. Which if you know what that means, that means the coming of the Holy Spirit. Wait for it. Jesus ascends into heaven and then 10 days until Pentecost, they wait. What do they do? They wait for this rushing wind that comes in chapter two. What do they do in the meantime? They sit around and they pray. They pray. They come to him, they pray. How are you starting your new year? How are you starting 2024? What does it look like for you? What does your prayer life look like coming in to this? What are your priorities this year? What are you putting top of your list? Recently, at work at the end of last year, we decided to scrap all internal meetings and start again this year. What is most important? And it was a challenge to me. We were doing that at a business level. And I was like, man, I probably need to do this at a spiritual level. I need to reset. What is my priority? What am I giving my time to? Where am I going first? Am I going to like the things I know I'm good at and ticking boxes? Am I getting stuff done and looking impressive? Because that's, that's fades, right? But am I putting my priorities, is my focus on Jesus? Is my focus on spending time with him? Because when life gets distracting and we get get distracted by stuff all the time, things happen, life's hard, there's moments that get difficult, the first thing quite often that goes will be spending time with God. It just is. It happens for me. We get busy, we're like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. I haven't got time to pray this. And you're like, to say that and to think that way, you're all probably thinking, well, how, how dare you? But that's true. We do. We, we generally, when, we, when stuff gets hard, we forget these moments. We, oh yeah, I prayed quickly this morning. You're like, no, pray bigger, pray longer, give priorities to Jesus. And I want that for me. And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm really not. 
I'm not saying this to be like, how dare you not? Like, I'm not, it's life. I'm saying this to encourage you to go again. We've got a God of grace. He knows your heart. He knows your heart. And when you get it wrong, it's okay. Come back to him. Receive grace and mercy from him. Because like I said, you look at verse 13, it lists up a bunch of people, friends and family who were praying. They're all people that rejected Jesus, yet he still used them. And so you think you might miss a prayer session in the morning. Maybe you didn't make it to Oasis on Wednesday. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm not, I can't make this. Like, look, we want to gather, we want to pray, we want to be, but God's grace is bigger than all of your mess. God's grace is bigger than everything. Because, but he loves spending time with you. Jesus loves spending time. It's not just saying, yeah, I attended a prayer meeting. It's like, yeah, I spent time with Jesus. That's what we want to be doing. And so my question to you is, how are you going to prioritize Jesus this year? What are you going to do? Some of you need a few weeks to think about it. Some of you straight away are like, yeah, I know what I need to do. Because verse 14 uses this phrase. It talks about the people praying, devoting themselves to prayer. Devoting themselves to prayer. They knew that when Jesus ascended into heaven, they needed to pray to spend time with him. It's not just a few words of prayer here and there. It's like devoted. I looked up devoted. Give all or most of your time or resources to. It's quite a challenge. What do you give all or most of your time and resources to? I think we'd probably all come up with other things that feel important. Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you align yourself with him, when you get hold of his heart for people, for your life, for your family, for your workplace, for your friends, when you, get, when you, when you delight yourself in him, the desires of your heart line up. When you spend time with him, you find yourself in a better place. The devotion is not like a hard work. Devotion is the thing you love doing, the thing you love giving your time to. Can you use that word for your prayer life? In a month of prayer, what would that look like for you? How do you find time daily with him? How do you find that? It's hard, right? It can be hard. Maybe this is something new for you. Maybe you need to reset this. Don't start big. Don't start big. <laughs> because that's what new, new Year's resolutions don't work because everyone goes big and then like by, what is it? Tomorrow, 8th of January, they've given up. It's true. So you go big and you're like, that's it, I'm getting up four o'clock every morning and playing for two hours before the kids get up and playing for three hours before my commute. I'm going to, whatever it is, you're like, I'm going to do it. Good luck. And I praise God if you manage to do that for 365 days. Well done. Keep going. But reality is start small and build yourself up. I made the mistake once of running a marathon with no training because I thought, oh, it's fine. It'll be all right. It's not that far. <laughs> Start small and build yourself up. You do the training plan. It's like 20-something weeks for a training plan of the marathon, maybe longer. I was like, I play football four times a week. It's fine. I turned up after about nine miles. I thought, this is a huge mistake. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in big trouble. And then from then on, for the rest of the... Uh, 16 miles or whatever it is, 26.2 miles. For the rest of the however many miles it is, I just felt rubbish. So I was like, oh, my time, my first, my half marathon time was class. 
Just stop there. My second half marathon time, I may as well be walking backwards, honestly. And so I felt rubbish at the end of it. Even though I can, I'd got over the line, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've done a marathon. I'm like, yeah, but that time up there, it's rubbish. I started big. I should have started small and built it. The best training, start small and build it up. So do that every other weekday, then build up to maybe weekdays. I'm talking like over months here, not like each week. Then add a weekend in here and there. Add some time into your diary. Find gaps and build up slowly. Tal mentioned we're sending emails out with a prayer guide every day during January. That'll help you. Bible in a year, that'll help you. Some practical things for your personal prayer. Because our personal prayer lives impact our prayer lives together as a community. Verse 14, all these with one accord. That's what he's talking about. They were together, they were united, they prayed for the same thing. There's a power in standing in prayer together. Not just for things in church, but things in life too. When you stand together with someone else in prayer, when someone else is owning what's going on in your life, there's a power that comes. Are we walking life with others? Are we praying with and for others? Are we sharing our needs and our struggles and our weaknesses with others to pray together? Not everyone, not, not going to form a queue, come up and tell us about your latest weakness, but find trusted people you can walk this through with. There's, I look around, I see amazing people here who love praying, who love each other, who want the best for each other. Find people you can attach with and pray with. Get into a small group, do life together, be real with each other. Let's, let's do that. Let's not put this kind of face on, but let's be real. Let's get into the depth of it. Let's trust each other. Let's pray with each other. Let's see answers to prayer and let's get up here and share them. Let's get up here. If you come up on a Sunday like, hey, God answered a prayer for me this morning, come to me, Tal, Mark, whoever's up here, like, great, let's get you up here. Because what does that do? What does it build? Faith. It builds faith when you hear answers to prayer. It builds faith when you hear answers to prayer. So let's be sharing them together. Let's be devoted to prayer as a church and as individuals, to giving him our all and making it all about him as we pray. Because he, Jesus, has made himself known to us. Verse 3, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Those are key 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension. He spent time with the disciples, the apostles, and the people of God, talking to them about the kingdom of God, showing them what's to come. We don't actually have all the kind of like transcripts of those 40 days, but there are some key moments in there that Luke is pointing us towards the continuation of the kingdom story. You've got the road to Emmaus. You've got the fact that he ate and drank with people. Thomas touched his side and the scars in his hands. He met people where they were at. After his life, his death, his resurrection, he then started to meet people where they were at. During this month of prayer, during this year, during this series, God is going to come and meet you where you are at. You do not have to do certain things for God to meet you. You do not have to be a certain type of person or sit in the right seat or give this amount of money or do this amount of service. God is going to come and meet you where you are at. We all experience him in different ways. Some of us get emotional. Who that would be. Some of us feel it physically. Some of us just feel a peace. 
Some of us might, you might see physical, some people handshake. There's different ways that God meets with us. Some people just know him with them. Some people walk and talk with him and they can just feel the sense of his presence with them. But if you look at these stories, if you read through the stories in Luke, you'll see that various people met Jesus and he met them where they were at. He walked with them so they could see him, they could hear him. Thomas, he could touch him. They ate together. It's the smell of the fish, the barbecue. They learned from him. All the senses. He's interacting with people in the way they need it. Thomas didn't need a barbecue. He needed to touch the hands of Jesus. Jesus knew that and he met him where he was at. So maybe for you this morning, what does that mean for you? What does a fresh encounter of Jesus look like for you this morning? What does it look like this year? Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you're like, okay, I don't really know much about Jesus. That's cool. He'll meet you where you're at as well. He did with me. He, he called me out of a, a lifestyle of rubbish, exactly where I needed it, knew the only way to get me would be the way he did. And he met me where I was at and he pulled me up and he's changed my life, turned my world upside down forever. And there'd be stories here of many, many people. If I told 18-year-old me that I'd be stood up here one day talking like this, I'd laugh in your face. But I'm here by the grace of God because Jesus met me where I was at in the way I needed by the power of Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to see as we do this together. Jesus is coming to meet you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to build a relationship with you. That's his heart, his life, his death, his resurrection have made a way for us to enter his kingdom and his ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit means that he can say, I am with you. Not you know about me, I am with you. I want to spend time with you. I won't leave you. I've come to give you everything you need. I've come to be with you. Because our greatest need is to be with Jesus. That is, that's our greatest need is to be with Jesus. He's the forgiver, the saviour. All we need is found in him. He's not hidden. He's not gone. He's not an idea. He's real. He's here and he has great things for you. Lavish things for you. And he's with us by his Holy Spirit. Again, not a thing, not a magical being, a person, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We receive power through him. Jesus is ruling and reigning in heaven and continuing to work and to act through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the truth for us this morning. As we give ourselves to pray together, to make our lives all about him, to focus on him, to give him everything we've got, are you willing to receive him? Are you willing to touch the hands of Jesus? Because Thomas didn't have to do that, but he knew he needed to. Are you willing to, to step out when Jesus meets you where you are? I'm just going to read from Joel 2 as we close. It says this, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. He's leaving no one behind. This is for all. He has good things for you. He wants to, he wants to release you. He wants to break free. He wants to give you a new sense of joy. He wants to give you a new sense of freedom, a new sense of peace, new sense of hope 2024 the stuff that I'm carrying from 2023 maybe even 2022 maybe even before that that I'm still carrying today but God wants to set me free of it I'm believing he wants to do it today 
I'm believing there's a start of a process for some people. I'm believing there's an end of a process for some people and everything in between because he is going to come. He is going to pour his spirit. It's not a hope. It's not a hope he does it. It's a promise. We were talking about promises yesterday. Just in our house, we were chatting about it. You're like, the prom- you, we cannot hold promises. We can promise, but you would never know what's going to happen that might do it. But the promises of God are guaranteed. The promises of God are guaranteed. And that's what we live. That's where we put our faith, our trust, and our hope. So let me invite you to stand. I'm going to pray. The band are going to come up. I'm going to start, I'm going to finish where I started. If there's stuff that you're holding on to at the start of this year, if there are things that are holding you back, if there are things that are holding you down, if there are moments that you think, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this year. I'm, I'm seven days into this year and I don't know how I'm going to get through the rest of it. God wants to come and break you free this morning. He wants to open your eyes to the other 350 odd days that he has for you this year. He wants to open your eyes to the great and glorious plans he has for you this year. He wants you to walk out of here lighter. Just the image of carrying heavy chains is tiring and it's burdensome. But without it, there's a freedom. Maybe for you that freedom is a healing this morning. Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's relationships. Whatever it is, whatever that thing is that you've been thinking about since we started, God is going to come and set you free this morning. And so where you are, I encourage you to close your eyes. There's nothing weird about it. It stops us being distracted. And if you want to, you hold your hands out to receive from him. Even helpful to visualize those chains falling this morning. Come Holy Spirit. Come and break chains. Come and bring freedom. Even now, I feel like some of you are feeling a weight lifting. Even physically, your shoulders feeling lighter. Pray, Holy Spirit, come, break free in the name of Jesus. Chains fall to the ground. Chains be left behind this morning. Pain, physical, emotional, mental pain, go in the name of Jesus. We declare you have no hold on us. We pray freedom in the name of Jesus. Disappointment and frustration be replaced by peace in the name of Jesus. 
depression, sadness, anxiety, be replaced by joy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Comforter, Holy Spirit, Comforter. Come, come now and comfort hearts. Come now and do what you only you can do that we can't. Just begin in your own heart to, to pray. Begin to lift these things to him. Begin to declare these chains are being left behind this morning. Not caught around the ankles on the way out, but being left behind this morning. Those locks you've not been able to unlock, he's unlocking right now in the name of Jesus. So come Holy Spirit, come and break free in this room. Come and break my brothers and sisters free in this room. That we may know freedom and a joy, a peace. That we would leave here changed. 2024, seven days in, God, you're already breaking in and doing things. How much more are you going to do this year? (laughs) So keep coming, Lord, we pray. As we sing together now, Holy Spirit, just move. If you need to pray with someone, grab them. If you need to cross the room, If you've got a vision, a dream, that you want to pray over someone, take a friend, go pray for someone. God is at work amongst his people by the power of the Holy Spirit. So keep working in your your mighty name, we pray, Jesus.